And I ain't have to be in school by 10 I then began to encounter With my counter parts Of how to burn the block apart Break it down into sections Drugs by these selections Some use pipes, others use injections Syringe sold separately Frank the deputy, quick to grab my Smith and Wesson Like my dick was missing To protect my position, my corner, my layer While we out here, say the hustler's prayer If the game shakes me or breaks me I hope it makes me a better man
<sighs> oh man what is going on guys what is going on what's yeah up? what's up how's everybody doing man on this interesting night we talk about a <laughs> solid week of wrestling uh yeah nothing really too crazy happened but uh well aside from one thing that actually emanated from none other than the home of the bayou Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, man. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we got that to talk about the Bray Wyatt, uh, the follow-up from Extreme Rules. Did WWE deliver on that? We'll definitely get into that after Dynamite. But, man, um, yeah, man. Uh, regardless, I thought it was really dope to do it from. I thought it was really dope to do it from Louisiana, being that. You know, he was the cult leader, the whole Bayou yeah. type thing. So that was real cool. But anyway. Let's just hop right into the intro, man. What is going on, guys? We are back with, yet again, another edition of Notorious Unscripted, man. This is episode 113 of... It's crazy. This, this is episode 113 of Notorious Unscripted, man. And yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, so if this is your first time watching, you guys do not know how the show works. Every Monday, we're on here with Notorious Unscripted, and every Friday, 4 p.m. Central, we are on here with the news, man. So, with that, if you guys did miss this past Friday's edition of the news, the uh, brief Extreme Rules review, uh, I say brief, but it was like an hour, um, the uh, AEW sending feelers to Bray Wyatt, and uh, John Moxley re-signing with AEW. <laughs> <laughs> you laughed at that, bro. So, yes, if you guys didn't miss that, you guys can now watch that. You guys can now watch that on all platforms, man. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, if you want to see it first, like I said, 4 p.m. Central, right here on YouTube, man. So, with that, if you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of this beautiful Notorious Heels podcast official merchandise, you guys can now find this live on bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this video. And it is uh, you can also find it in either my or Sirkay's social media pages, man. Um, link, uh, yes, like I said, link's at the top of the description of this video, and you can find it on my and Sirkay's social media pages on the Notorious Hills Podcast link tree page, man. So with that, you have um, on the top left, you have the Notorious Hills Podcast Chicago flag design. You got the Chicago skyline design. Then you got one of the OG shirts, man. The best kept secret to the IWC. The Riddler inspired IWC's best kept secret shirt. You got the uncrowned kings of the IWC. The Biggie inspired shirt. And then in the middle, you have the base Notorious Hills Podcast logo design, man. So... Yes, like I said, all these beautiful designs you could either find on mine and Sirkay's social media pages, uh, the Notorious Hills Podcast link tree page, or a uh, link at the top of the description of this video, man. So, very easy to get to. And with that, if this is your first time watching, you guys do not know how this show, uh, who we are here at the Notorious Hills Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man Sirkay here. How's it going, man? It's going, man. It's going good. Just been, uh, just been chilling, bro. Just been chilling, putting my vacation time. That's nice. So, just waiting for that chip. Waiting for that nice, nice week, man. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm been good, man. Just been, uh, just been chilling out, and just been waiting. So, shit, it's just been, just, just been pretty normal. Not pretty normal, but 
it's, it's been pretty, it's been all right, man. It's been all right. But um, Durante is not here right now, but in the spirit of Durante, um, <clears throat> like he always asked, I'm good. Family's good, man. What about you? Well, what about everybody in chat? Logan, what about all you guys? And what about you, bro? How are you? Yeah, man, I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh, chilling, bro. So, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, interesting times. So, yeah. Um, as Durante usually asks, he's not here yet, but as he usually asks, man, I'm good. Family's good. And what about you, Durante? And what about everybody else in chat, man? Uh, Logan says, how was Raw, guys? It was my grandpa's 75th birthday, so I'm uh, spending time with him, so I miss Raw. Raw was decent. I mean, it was it was all right. It, I mean, it wasn't nothing crazy. But Logan makes an interesting observation here, man. You mm -hmm. see his observation he's made? Yeah. We've been waiting for someone to make that observation, man. I have been waiting a very long time for somebody to make that observation. It has never happened, but today is the day. Finally. What are, the what are the mystery packages? Sex oh. toys. What? <laughs> I don't know. Man. A long fucking I've been up too damn long. I've been up too fucking long, bro. Yeah, up too fucking long. It's not sex uh, toys, guys. At least no. I hope not. <laughs> um. Hmm. Yeah, they were there. Oh man, I don't know, man. No one fucking knows. Especially not Sir No fucking idea. I don't know, man. I don't know what they are, but regardless. Regardless, man, we got an interesting episode of AEW Dynamite and then kind of AEW Rampage. There's a couple things we actually have to talk about on Rampage um, with a debut and a return. Uh, but the uh, episode of AEW Dynamite that we're about to talk about, like I said, solid episode of Dynamite. Uh, I thought it was really good. I completely forgot that next or this week is the Tuesday episode, so tomorrow, you know, so I will unfortunately have to miss it live, but... Actually, regardless. I thought I was going to miss it, but I'm not, which is nice. Yeah, that's good, man. That's I thought good. it was last so, week. Definitely. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so that was, uh, that was, that was, um, kind of sucked when I figured it out, but, uh, I'll have it to watch when I get home, so I hope, just hope they don't exactly. do anything too crazy, but, uh... Um, yeah, but regardless, regardless, I'm sure it'll be a good show. And like I said, I'll just have to watch a recording when I get home, man. So, um... Don't you take all the spoilers. Don't yeah. just take fake-ass spoilers. Can't even make a return. <laughs> With Ace Steel. Punk, Ace, and Cabana are teaming against the Elite. <laughs> Scott, yeah, he's going by his shoot name. Scott Goldman. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so this episode of AEW Dynamite is their uh, opening show or their debut show, rather, uh, from Canada, mm -hmm. from Canada, man. So, 
this was uh, this was interesting. This was interesting to see what they were gonna do. Uh, being that I cannot believe it, but it is their first time in the uh, Canadian market, or not the Canadian market, but I believe it was their Toronto debut. Cause yeah, I want to. They've been in Canada. I could have swore they've been in fucking Canada before, man, but I don't know. I'm just going to call it their Toronto debut. It could very well be their Canada debut, but I really want to go ahead and say that they've been in Canada before. Dude, same, bro, same, because I felt like they have. I don't know if it was, like, Winnipeg they were in or, like, one of the surrounding Winnipeg areas, but it had to be something like that before, bro. Or else I'm yeah. making shit up. I don't fucking know, but I swear they were in Canada before. Because I remember it was weird because I remember the crowd was weirdly lame at that show. I swear that's what I remember. Are you thinking of Edmonton? Because WWE was just there and they no. had a pretty lame crowd. I do I remember that. Remember. Damn, was their first time in Kipper? I swear they've been. That's so weird. I huh. genuinely could have swore they've been in Canada before, but regardless, regardless. Um, wow, that yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. weird. Um, but yeah, man. So this show opens up with Renee Paquette, as we mm-hmm. showed this to you guys. I can show it to you again here. Obviously, we got this news um, early. Wednesday, I want to say, yeah, or, or like a right, couple hours before the show went on air, we obviously got the uh, we got the message or the 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 picture, the all elite coronation of Renee Paquette. So they announced that Renee Paquette was going to be a part of the AEW team going forward, the broadcasting team, as you know, a backstage interviewer. Um, so they announced that. They announced that a couple hours before the show, and she actually opened up in her home country of Canada, man. So she, um, yeah, she opened up, uh, said hi to the crowd, uh, talked about how she was happy to be there, and, you know, quickly got to business. She uh, she didn't really take up too much time at all. She just kind of thanked everybody, you know, hyped up the crowd. Everybody was excited to see her. And, um, yes, I know I was because, uh, what were your, um, initial thoughts on Renee Paquette and her first, uh, night in AEW? That was really good, man. That was really good. It's a, it's going to be a nice start, man. And more, we have another good interviewer, bro. So, like you said before, Tony, Tony Schwami doesn't have to do literally every interview. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was running around like a and damn fool. Running. Oh, telling you, man, you too old to like that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I thought she was really good. I thought this was a, a, a presence that uh, was um, uh, very needed on the show. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Renee. She's been away for so long. She's been away for so long. I believe she was done with WWE probably about the same time Bray Wyatt was, if if my memory serves me correctly. I think, like, WrestleMania Backlash, when Roman faced Cesaro, might have been, like, one of her last nights. I could be completely wrong. But I feel like Summer of 21 is, like, the last, the last time yeah. we've seen Renee. And I want to say it was around, like, WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, um last year so 
man, it was, it's been a long time. We missed Renee, and, you know, we all love Tony Schiavone, but, you know, it's nice to have somebody different. Not saying that Schiavone's bad or anything like that, man, but, but um, you know, he, he's obviously nice great. To have multiple people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's nice to have, and that, and that's really what I like coming from like uh, Raw's um, team so far is you not only have uh, you not only have uh, Kathy Kelly who is who is great for the like more serious of interviews, and then for the more goofy interviews, the comedy type skits. But there is no better man than Byron Saxon for that job, so it flows really well together. Um, and you know here. Uh, here in AEW, either of them could kind of, you know, kind of do them. Renee, I would definitely, for like the more comedic kind of ones, the looser ones, I would put Renee because Tony, Tony's just, I feel like Tony's better for like the more serious interviews that they have to conduct. Um, and Renee's great for them as well. But if I were to choose one to kind of do the more looser interviews, but obviously she can still do the serious ones as well. It's nice to have difference because Tony and Dasha, Dasha's not Renee. So, yeah, I mean, she's definitely a lot better in AEW. She's a little more of herself, but she's just, she's not Renee. Uh, Renee's, Renee's good, man. Renee's very good. Um, yeah, she actually comes off like a person, so. Exactly. Nice. She left WWE in August 2020. Get out of here. Really? Oh, shit. I thought it was a little earlier in 2021, but damn, I didn't think it was that early. Holy shit. Wow. Well, who the hell were I thinking of? <laughs> what, two um, years? Yeah, that's, that's insane. That's so crazy. I'm assuming SummerSlam was her last night of 2020, which sounds right. You know what? That that does sound right. That does sound right. Because I remember her. I think I do remember her leaving, like, in the beginning of COVID. So, yeah. uh, towards, like, you know, the summer of COVID, rather. So, yeah. That yeah, yeah it sounds That's about crazy. right, man. I don't know why the hell I thought 2021. But, man. Yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. But, yeah. So I, I, thought, I thought her presence was really nice on the show. And I thought she fit in perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. So, she opens up with Christian Cage, and um, I believe Christian Cage kind of healed up on his own, his own people here, man. So, yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't yeah. <laughs> so Luchasaurus came out qu- uh, quickly after that. It was a shorter interview, man. Jungle Boy came out. These two wrestled their match, and it was, um. It was a really good match. Christian Cage didn't even really help Luchasaurus win, which is very logical because he doesn't need to help Luchasaurus win. If you are trying to build Luchasaurus as this huge monster and he can't even beat his old tag partner who, you know, he quote-unquote, you know, knows very well, you know, that's kind of speaking in kayfabe, you know. And if that really is his best friend, then he knows him better than anybody else and he can't beat him, so... Not to mention that Luchasaurus is like twice the size of Jungle Boy. So it definitely made sense. It definitely made sense to uh, have Luchasaurus pick up the win here. He sort of cheated, but not really. Uh, it wasn't really, you know, to it wasn't really nothing crazy. I believe he, 
I know Jungle Boy had him in the snare trap, and Christian Cage was trying to pass him the uh, pass Luchasaurus the rope, mm-hmm. and he kind of Jungle Boy kind of uh, costed himself the match in a way. Yeah, him by just uh, focusing on Christian too much, so Luchasaurus hit him with the choke slam, or I don't know what he calls it, but he hit him with this choke slam, and uh, it's like a sit out choke slam. Everybody knows. And, um, yeah, and then he hit him with little, his little torture rack. Uh, actually, that's, um, what the hell is Bianca Belair's finisher? The... Oh, fuck, is her fucking finisher name? Oh, my God, what is Bianca Belair's finisher name? It is, uh... Oh, I know. oh no. Fuck. Dude, oh, my God, I'm drawing blanks, bro. What the fuck? I hear this shit every Monday. Dude, I swear to God. There, yep. K.O.D. The K.O. The Kiss of Death. That's what it's called. My God. I don't know why. Yes, the K.O.D. That, yeah. He did the K.O.D. pretty much. Exact same move. Um, And he beat Jungle Boy, man. And, and Christian Cage, uh, you know, dusted, dusted his feet at uh, Jungle Boy's head. So... Yeah, man. So after this, so after this, um, Matt Hardy, Renee's here conducting a, another interview. Her first, her well, no, Christian was definitely her first interview, but her first backstage interview, I guess. She's conducting an interview with Matt Hardy and Private Party against um, Ethan Page, Stokely, and Jose, the assistant, and. Ethan Page, you know, accuses Matt Hardy of contract tampering. Jose's telling them that Andrade's still their boss. And Ethan Page says to Matt Hardy, he said something along the lines of, if you win, you get private party. But if but if I win, I get private party services in the firm. Bro, none of this bullshit... We own the rights to you. Bro, this shit did not work before. This shit failed. Literally, when Matt Hardy started this fucking broken Matt shit in, like, March of... Or, probably even before that. Probably, like, February-ish of 2021. He's been with Private Party for even longer than that. But the Mm -hmm. broken Big Matt... Or, not broken, but the Big Money Matt stuff. Mm -hmm. Bro, this shit has failed for a year and a half constantly it is it has failed to receive any kind of any kind of just engagement from your audience and here you are doing this shit again and at this point with them adding private party to the firm the firm isn't no damn better mjf looks like he's doesn't really give a fuck about the group and the group I don't give a fuck what they were talking about in their one promo. The group's existence was solely to help MJF. Oh, 100%. There is no no direction for this group. There is absolutely no direction for this group. They added the wrong people. None of them make sense together. Nobody's fucking similar in the group except for the, the two that are obviously brothers. But, bro... It, it's just not it's just not it for me it's man crazy. it's it's just it's just not it for me i mean <sighs> i don't know 
I really don't know, man. It's 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 just not doing it for me. It really isn't. Oh. And uh, yeah, they they just added a lot of the wrong members. They 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 started off hot, man. Mm-hmm. Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty. I was like, okay, now we're going somewhere here. Then you add the Gun Club and went down from there. And W Morrissey, you could have done uh, anything Sorry. else, anything else with, um, but. It almost feels like you kind of just have him there, so it doesn't go back to WWE. So, where is that? That. Um. Yeah, I mean, you got fucking Brian Cage walking around, doing ROH stuff. Put him in the group. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, dude, too. It, it's too much, bro. It's too much. Um, I don't know why they can't let Private Party just be a tag team. I don't know why yeah. they always gotta put them in with somebody. Just, just let them be a tag team. I don't get it, bro. Affirm, it's a failure already. They, they were made for MJF, and MJF don't even want them. Come on, bro. Come on. It's, it's just crap at all, please. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, totally, totally agreed. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, like I said again, bro. I mean, this shit did not. This shit just did not work, and. Not only did it not work, but instead of instead of having somebody just hang around in jobber purgatory, or uh, sorry, like just directionless purgatory, rather, mm-hmm. they sunk down to jobber purgatory, is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. not only did it just keep them stagnant as oh, this is a good team that AEW refuses to use, it turned so many people away from private party. To the point where all these up-and-coming tag teams in AEW that we've seen over the past year, um, uh, Jurassic Express, The Acclaimed, all these teams, bro, I mean, all all these teams that have top flight, you know, when they're healthy, you know, all these teams, like, and and private parties should be on that that list, bro, but it's just... It has just failed to garner any fan interest, and in doing that, it, it, it has brought their stock down tremendously. And I, like, mm-hmm. tremendously brought their stock down, and it did them no good. No, no good whatsoever. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, it didn't work the first time. Why are we going back to this shit? Why can't Private Party just be a tag team? Why can't no, they just be a tag team? Um, yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I don't know what you got to do with them. Uh, just make them. Just make. Just let them be them, man. Just let them be them. Let them. I mean, there's so much creative ways you can go with the the team being centered around being VIPs. The you know they're the life of the party. The the VIPs of the party are whatever whatever it is man i mean there's so much creativeness that you can have around that gimmick and to getting them over but um mm-hmm. they just they just failed to do so and they're just jobbers on the AEW exactly. roster yeah um yeah and it sucks cuz this was this was private party were probably like the OG upstart tag team in AEW like they were signed oh, yeah. on because Everybody's seen a future in them, and it is amounted to Matt Hardy Quite just literally. being, yeah. And at this point, man, 
Matt Hardy's contributions come from at this point at this point you know a lot of his contributions are going to come from backstage I mean it's not like a Chris Jericho situation where he kind of just has a down year and you know now he's back doing doing what he's doing in 2022 Matt Hardy's kind of been bad ever since he's got into AEW I can't have a moment that Matt Hardy was cool other than the initial debut. Mm-hmm. The feud with oh, Sammy Guevara wasn't... Uh, sorry, what was it? No, go ahead. I was going to say, the feud with Guevara wasn't good. The the little thing where they were like having him... The multiverse of Matt shit wasn't... like None of it's been good. No, none of it. It's all been weird, random, and pointless. I want big money, Matt. I don't want V1. All I wanted was the broken Matt Hardy. And that's what we got when he debuted. But TK didn't understand it, so they had to get rid of it. Come on, bro. Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. It, Matt Hardy is the perfect kind of guy who should have um, absolutely made it in WWE. Um you know, I mean he a lot of his stuff a lot of his stuff doesn't work in AEW because A Tony Khan doesn't under doesn't really understand like the supernatural horror stuff and he doesn't really know how to grasp the concept of a lot of that stuff. No. And a lot of the fans a lot of the fans, especially with WWE being better now especially mm-hmm. with WWE being a lot better now a lot of the fans, if you want to see shit like that, you're going to go watch WWE. And if you want to see the more reality-based stuff, you're going to watch AEW. And and I love it like that. I really do. That is a great, really that is a great system as a fan. Because if I want to, if if I just want to watch just raw ass pro wrestling, just very, you know, um, just people playing just traditional great wrestling characters, and it's very like you know reality-based. Mm-hmm. You watch AEW, and if you want to see the stuff in WWE where it suspends your disbelief and stuff like that, I, I like it. I like it like that. But definitely, Matt Hardy should have succeeded in WWE. Now they didn't do his broken shit right either. But I feel like, I feel like if he were to still be in WWE and be broken, I think Triple H would really let him grasp that concept a lot better than TK did. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and then obviously Broken Matt worked in Impact because, well, it was fucking Impact, so Matt Hardy just got full creative control, and, you know, what, you know, something like that better be good in Impact, all right? If you're bad in Impact, there's a real problem. Um, but, but, (laughs) where's the lie? Cricket. Straight cricket. Um, yeah. It didn't work. Stop no. it. And like I said, I hate saying this about Matt because I really do love Matt, ma'am. But, dude, I mean, at this point, bro, when are we going to realize that a lot of his contributions are probably going to be a lot more valuable in backstage AEW? Because, exactly. again, it's not like Jericho where he's just had a, a bad run. You know what I mean? He just had a bad run or what, I, what at least I thought was a bad year a down year for Jericho in 2021. The whole run essentially has been bad. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what needs to change here. But holding down Private Party for a second run is not the option. 
No, not at all. <clears throat> it's just disappointing at this point. Yeah. So, um, Warjo. Yes, they are back. War Joe. <laughs> Our... <laughs> War Joe is back for uh, another tag team match here in the six. And this time they're facing um, uh, the factory. Tony D'Angelo. I mean, Nick Camarado, Mr. Tony D'Angelo. And, uh, uh, and QT Marshall. Warjo picks up the victory, obviously, very fast. Being that uh, Cody Rhodes is not around anymore, I uh, I didn't understand him being around when Cody Rhodes was employed. But now that Cody Rhodes isn't employed, why is QT Marshall around? I mean, seriously. Um, <clears throat> Ditch his ass, bro. Ditch his ass and, on screen, at least. Yeah. And here we are, 30 minutes into Dynamite, and here come ROH guys. The Embassy. Oh. The Gates of Agony. Brian Cage and whatever that guy's name is. The manager. <laughs> they come out, and they start talking about... Um, War Joe and how they're outnumbered. So FTR comes out. Um, FTR comes out and the Gates of Agony and or the Embassy, whatever the hell they're called, start to um, start to walk away. And Dax says, "You know what? We would ask you guys to face us on Rampage, but these two just had a hard night at work, so we got." Uh, we got another partner, and he's actually from here, and he asked Cash, what time does Rampage start on Friday? So Cash counts all the way up to 10, and it is none other than a returning babyface, perfect 10, Mr. Sean Spears. Mr. Ty Dillinger is back. Is back, man. He's back on AEW television. They gave him a theme song that sounded, uh, I'd say it's definitely not as goaded as his WWE one, but it, it sounds, it sounds a lot like it. It sounds a lot like it. And he's, he came out wearing his, uh, shirt that said, uh, perfection and you know the i and the o were you know, had ten. a 10 on it so yeah perfect the perfect 10 is back he came out doing the 10 10 chance that's another concept i didn't really understand how they fucked up in the beginning of aew because if you guys can remember in the beginning of aew he would wear like similar stuff like this like the mm -hmm. perfection with the 10 and he would do the 10 chance and it just never amounted to anything. And then he used the chair on Cody Rhodes one time and called himself the chairman. Um, so in the beginning, he was kind of both, but they ended up just going with the chairman or the chairman, whatever. So but he's back. He is back. And he actually gave a reason as to why he was gone so long. 
on Rampage after the show ended. Uh, he talked about how um, his mother had passed away over the summer, and uh, it was really sad. He talked about how he talked about how um, uh, he's very grateful that he got the chance to to tell her uh, the things that some people never get the chance to do, and he talked about being. Um, just grateful enough to let her know before she passed that he was a father to be. So um, it, it was really sad, but I'm very happy to see him back. This man is a natural baby face, and let's get this shit right with these guys this time. Um, please, I don't. If it's individually, it's individually. Wardlow, Sean Spears as the perfect ten, and. Although I'm going to miss that entrance, the chairman entrance, it is what it is. It is what it is. It was heat, but it is what it is. Um, If I were to prefer a gimmick, definitely the perfect 10. Um, Definitely the perfect 10 over some guy who just walks around with a fucking chair, as if that's not the most unoriginal thing ever. Um, And FTR, whether it's as some kind of group here, which I don't really want, or it's individually, you need to get this right this time because the Perfect Ten was so over and there's so much to do with it and he's such a good wrestler and uh, it just, it, it needs to be, it needs to be done to uh, perfection, pun intended, this time around, man. Um, it really does with all of them, not just Sean Spears, all of them, every single one of them. They all got to be treated right again because fuck more Joe, I want just Wardlow, TNT champion. Yeah. Um, I want FTR to be, you know, continuing what they're doing. I want them to treat Sean Spears right, man. So, I hope we get all of it. Yeah, man. I mean, Jesus. Samoa Joe is carrying around a TV title for a company that doesn't even have TV. Right, so, exactly. I don't know why you didn't introduce that, reintroduce that title on your first episode of TV. You know, it made sense. So, Sean Spears comes out and he, um, uh, they took out Aaron Solo. They took out Aaron Solo of the factory, and uh, that was that backstage interview with uh, Angelo and Matt Menard uh, yelling at Daniel Daniel Garcia, their their son, how they were there for him since they started in AEW, and yeah, so. Nothing really too much there. Next up, we got Swerve Strickland versus Daddy Ass Billy Gunn or Billy. <laughs> I miss What's those days. Billy. <laughs> I miss when he. I miss when he was just Billy. <laughs> just Billy. <laughs> so Daddy Ass Billy Gunn. Is out here, man. And he's fighting Swerve. He's fighting Swerve. Uh, the crowd was super into Billy Gunn. If you would have told me a year ago that the most member, the most over member of DX in 2022 was going to be Billy Gunn, I would have told you you were lying. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like for the longest time, the most over member has uh, been unanimously Papa Mark. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, it's definitely Billy Gunn, bro. Come in. 
Yeah, the crowd chanted with their, Oh, scissor me, daddy. So they, they're, uh, still, they're still loving Billy. I'm still mm -hmm. loving daddy ass. Myself, this is a, uh, they're having a very entertaining run so far, mm -hmm. if you ask me. But he had a really good match with, uh, well, not really good, but I mean, it was it was a solid match. It was a solid match. I, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to make it seem like I'm talking about this fucking match like it's uh fucking uh, Gargano and Almas. But no, they had a, they had a good match. They had a good match here on Dynamite, man. Um, yeah, they had a good match. Swerve kind of just playing the heel, playing the heel, uh, dying out the crowd, doing all the heelish things. As we have yet to see Keith Lee with him, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, bro. I like it. I like what they're building up, man. But like, it could either go two ways. It could be the turn. I could very well see that. Or I could see Keith Leaf, at least for a little bit longer, sign with him, man. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, we said this, you know, before they lost the tag titles. Like, mm -hmm. we said this, like, before they lost the tag titles, but, like, Towards the end of their tag team title run, they kind of came into their own a little bit. Like, they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they, they came into their own, and they were putting on just excellent matches. And they had a really cool dynamic as Swerve's kind of the cocky one who just, he is a heel. And Keith Lee is the one who, he likes Swerve because they win, but they just had different mindsets for the business. Mm -hmm. So it was a really cool dynamic, I thought. Really um cool. Yeah, man, and uh, the acclaim come out uh, after Swerve gets the victory via roll up. He uh, kept he was working Billy's knee the whole mm -hmm. the whole match, and they uh, they all scissored at the end, uh, or sorry, before they could scissor. Sorry, um, Mark Sterling comes out, and he says that he was given a scissor me certificate. And he says, uh, he comes out there with Tony Nese, like I said, and he tells Tony Nese, what did he say? He says, scissor me, daddy niece, or something like that. Yeah. And they, and they, and they scissored. And <sighs> the most interesting part of all this was Mark Sterling says, if you scissor, you know, I have this document here. Then I'm going to take you to court. And you're going to be held up in court. And you may have to vacate your championships. Who the fuck mm -hmm. is that a shot at? Exactly. I wonder. <laughs> so, we talked about two possibilities, I believe, on Friday. Either <laughs> one, it's a dig at CM Punk and the yep. Elite. But... If this if Punk is really gone from the company, it is probably more so a dig at Punk. Mm -hmm. However, either that or this is all smoothed over and everybody was given the green light to just make a joke out of this because that what it, that's what it is. It's a fucking joke. Um, yeah. So that's I mean that's that that's a possibility. That's a possibility, one of the two. Uh, we don't know which one it is yet. Uh, we got a little bit more 
to talk about in a different promo later tonight. But I thought that was very, very interesting, man. Very interesting, man. Um, they're mentioning that whole thing and like side mentioning it now. So something's moving along with it, either, either good or bad. Yeah. Something's moving along. Definitely. Probably Definitely. more bad. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about um, Kenny today? I so the only thing I've heard about Kenny, I'm sure this isn't isn't what you're talking about, but I did hear AEW ignored his birthday. Like they did no, the birthday they didn't have a birthday post for him. Oh it is? Yeah, they just completely like didn't even acknowledge his existence today. Yeah. Yeah, because I know his birthday was I believe the sixteenth of October. Mm-hmm. And they completely just, just no showed him. Yep. No birthday right. post or anything like that. So weird. Very weird. Very. So MJF is doing a backstage interview with Alex Marvez. Um, and he begins to talk about the uh, respect that he has for Wheeler Yuta. And, um, you know, he says... He said something about having respect for Regal, but if he ever does anything like that again, Stokely walked up and MJF pretty much told him like, hey, don't you ever do that again or else I'm going to stop paying you. You understand? Uh, and then he told Stokely to get out of here. Shoo, sure. He, he shoot him off in a real, in a real uh, mean way. So Stokely just walked away, man. And MJF, MJF talked about how uh, he start he started to go into John Moxley and Hangman or their match next week, and he said uh, he pretty much said I hate myself. I hate that I have to wake up every day and look myself in the mirror, knowing that I'm a piece of shit. But that's that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do to become the world champion. And um, and and I and I hate myself for it. So it was. He is really, really hitting a stride right now, man. MJF really he is. He's mixing that fucking healness with that genuineness so great, man. Yes, bro. I love it, bro. I fucking love it. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he's really hitting a stride, man. He's really hitting a stride. Um, if I do gotta say anything, man, uh, ever since he came back, man, this man has been on a mission. He has he, been on a mission. He is on the run of a lifetime right now. Literally, bro. Shit, shit's amazing. I love it. I love this version of MJF. I agree. I agree. Next, uh, John Moxley comes out. John Moxley comes out, man, and um, probably what was a very cool night for him—the first yeah. night of him and his wife on the road every Wednesday, man. So, John Moxley talked about how. So this is the promo I was just mentioning about the punk and elite digs and stuff. So John Moxley uh, greets Canada and he says, uh, you know, being the world champion is, is a hard job. It's a dirty job. It requires you to get your hands dirty. And um, he talked about, um, he just talked about, uh, you know, he again put over the world championship and only a way that John Moxley can do. So, yeah, he, he really went out there, man, and, and he, he talked about, you know, how everybody wants to be the world champ until they have to walk a mile in his shoes. Mm-hmm. He mentioned how a lot of people come and a lot of people go, 
and he talked about how some people crumble faster than others and he paused afterwards to let the crowd and you can kind of hear the oohs and ahs Mm-hmm. Was that another CM Punk dig, man? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think oh. that was yet again another. I mean, come on. Some people. He's he's talking about people wanting to be the world champ and walk in his shoes, and some people crumble faster than others. When mm. fucking Punk's leg literally crumbles on his ass. Come who, on. Yeah. Who? Who is the guy? If he is done with this company, is going to be known for having probably the fastest and most uh, infamous crumble of them all. Yeah. What other world champion is there? It's not Jericho. It's not yeah. Omega. It's not Hangman. It's not Mox. It's not Hangman. It's definitely not Mox, because why would he be saying that about himself? We know who it is. We know who it is. It's uh, Mr. Phil. Mr. CM Punk. <laughs> Yeah, man. Very, very, very interesting, man. Very interesting. So here we are again, taking a dig at CM Punk. Um, and yeah, um, it's know, interesting. Man. It's very interesting. Could very be good, interesting. but it's probably not. It, it sucks, man. It's. Uh, I hope it doesn't end like like this, but it it might. No, man. No. I mean, you know, the. No, but nobody, nobody deserves, nobody deserves this outcome. And if this ends up being the outcome, that is so bullshit. And I mean, there are, there definitely are people that put themselves in these situations and they didn't make it no better for themselves. However, mm-hmm. however, at the end of the day, we can all agree this is not how we want to see CM Punk go out. Um, no. That's. No. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he did kind of air the dirty laundry and start the real shitstorm that was the third quarter of the year for AEW. Um, but at the end of the day, nobody wants CM Punk's last image in professional wrestling to be at a media scrum bitching, eating a fucking muffin. That is not not what anybody wants to see. So... Mox, Mox with the with the little dig here, man. So it's, it's real interesting. It's real interesting. Um, real fucking interesting, man. So he says, uh, but on to other things. He says, I want to talk about our boy, the cowboy, Adam Page. Before he could get a word out, Hangman came out, and he says, you know what? Before you even utter a word about me, I just wanted to make sure that uh you can say it to my face mm-hmm. and uh hangman's hangman talked about how uh is that all you think of me is that i'm just a kid mox mox grabbed the mic and said that's exactly what i think about you you're just a kid hangman talked about how he uh just how much he's been through in life he talked about how he's had to bury loved ones bring new life into the world uh, this and that. Moxley, in the beginning, he said, uh, last week you told me that you respected me and I would be lying if I said that that didn't mean the world to me coming from you. Shit. Um, so that was, that was really cool. That was really cool. This is exactly how you do 
babyface versus babyface stuff. Exactly. exactly how you do it. Um, they respect each other and roll into the minute, but they want to beat the shit out of each other. Exactly. And this is perfect how they did this. MJF, I don't know how the hell he traveled between backstage interview and Skybox so quickly, but... Wonder on backstage. <laughs> but they see him sitting up there, and Hangman says, uh, good, you can listen if you want. Um... And yeah, he just talked about how, he just talked about how, um, uh, what is it? Oh, so, yes, so he had two really interesting lines in here, um, but yeah, he pretty much just told Moxley, you know, he, he's a grown-ass man, he was hitting himself in the face, very passionate promo, the crowd was getting into it, a lot of people didn't like this, I didn't really see anything wrong with it, man, I didn't really see anything wrong with it, I mean, it wasn't his... I wouldn't say this was like the promo of his career, but I don't think it was as bad as people were saying it was. In fact, I really liked the promo, actually. I really liked it, man. Um, I don't know why people shut on Hangman's promo delivery when that shit was so great. It really was. I agree. I agree. He said, um, so he told Mox, he said, last May, I hesitated and it cost me that championship. Obviously, another little punk reference here. But Hangman more so weighed on the more elite kind of dig or uh, innuendo here. And he says, you know, the past couple months, I've had to sit around and watch my my new friends uh, disintegrate one by one. Dark Order. And he says, and even my old friends are gone too. Cody, obviously, and the Elite. So, and the crowd oohed and odd at that as mm-hmm. the Elite are being mentioned for the second time tonight as well as Punk was referenced for the third time, the third time tonight. The Sterling promo, the Mox little thing, and then Hangman referencing the loss to Punk. So, it was... A, Mm-hmm. And then JF's backstage interview, he gave a little reference to Punk, a little jab. I forgot what it was, but I think he also gave a little jab at Punk in that backstage interview, but I'm not sure I remember what it was. Yeah, as to, uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago, man, I mean, they were radio silent, out of sight, mm-hmm. out of mind with this situation. Oh, yeah. So. The facts are there. <laughs> the fact that they're mentioning them now is is can it's good, but it's it's also concerning. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, periodically throughout this whole damn promo, they just they're panning to MJF and he's just eating popcorn, just smiling, just watching this great promo duel go back and forth. So it was mm-hmm. it was really cool to see. And, yeah, that was it. It was a great promo exchange, man. I do not get the, the hate that this that this promo battle received. Uh, more so from Hangman's side of it, to be honest. I, I really liked the promo. I really did. Definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's great. I don't know why people don't like this shit, bro. Y'all are weird. This is how it is. Yeah. Hey, fucking Baron Corbin. And JBL. Uh, fuck me. Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho, number 
three? Yeah, number yeah. three. Danielson comes out, and we're getting Lionheart Jericho again. Um... Yeah, and you know, the first time, you know, the second time too, it was alright. I know Tony Khan's a huge fan of this shit because he grew up watching Lionheart Jericho. But like, bro, we that didn't. ain't what it is. That ain't what it is. And Chris, Chris is a man of not reverting to old gimmicks. I feel like he might like this, but not... I don't think this is what he would prefer doing, to be honest. No, I really don't think it is. Chris talks about all the time, all the fucking time, how he would never... And he hates going back to playing old gimmicks. He he said before, you know, he when he was in WWE and he had to... Uh, and he had to, uh, they talked about, he talked about when he was supposed to leave for his Fozzie tour after he dropped the title to Kevin Owens, when he was supposed to leave for his Fozzie tour, when he came back, he didn't want to do the list stuff anymore because it was, it was played out. It, it really was. Yeah. No, I mean, nobody wants to see a, a baby face Chris Jericho with the list, man. I mean, it was just a no. little too played out and he knew it and he doesn't want to do it i could see him maybe being a little more susceptible to this because this isn't like the list this is like a super old gimmick but i honestly feel like a lot of this comes from tony khan just liking lionheart because that's what he grew up watching exactly oh that's good like bro just just let just let it be bro let it be i know you experienced it as a child i didn't i don't give a fuck just 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 let it be bro just like Jericho Jericho. He changes himself for a reason. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. 100%, man. Um, I heard the dumbest take, bro. I'm trying to remember what? this take for you. Yeah, no. Oh, man. I heard the dumbest fucking take the other day. What, what was it? Um. Oh! That's what it was. That's what it was. I remember... The reason I remembered it was because Chris Jericho was like the first name that popped into my head. I think somebody... I, I read something on Twitter. It was like... Of course. Bray Wyatt... Yeah. Bray Wyatt shouldn't have went to AEW because they don't, they don't let people... They don't like wrestlers that reinvent themselves. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you do know... One of their first hires, one of their biggest hires, was the king of reinvention, right? Fucking Chris Jericho. Like, like, what? The Young Bucks, when they were on the indies, are nothing like the Young Bucks we see now. Oh, the complete beginning is not like what we see now. I ain't no. not what we see now. No. The fucking Lucha Bros aren't even what they were. Everybody's changed. Everybody. It's changed, bro. What the fuck are they talking about? I read that dumbass take, bro. I was like, what? Do I... Oh, man. Good old wrestling yeah, fans for you. But, Brian and Jericho. What's up? And you see that joke on Twitter where it said Bray Wyatt fans could solve the damn fucking. Could have solved the Jeffrey Dollar murders in a week. I swear to God, bro. They bro, I'm on Twitter. 
I'll, I'll just scroll down. I'll see. I'll just see a random blue gray white screenshot I mean, from like a video from 2012. Shit. I I don't know, man. I genuinely I like they they baffle me. They I swear to God they baffle me, bro. Shit, bro. They gotta put on. They gotta be hired, bro. They be solving so much damn crimes. Like, cause especially like reference in one of them. Yeah, yeah. The the little um, the uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That little like sheep. That sheep. Yeah, that like creepy like looking sheep. sheep. Thing. Yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this is from a video from like 2013. Yeah, and it yep. references like, bro, what? <laughs> how did you know that video existed, bro? His, yeah, his his fans, bro, his fans. I mean, these people, these crazy. people, yeah, these people gotta watch, gotta watch this stuff religiously. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm definitely that guy to go back and watch me some old Wyatt promos, but these motherfuckers do this shit on the daily. They must. That's their job. They need to find a job, a life, something, bro. I swear to God. I swear. Like I said, I'll be that guy to go back and watch some old promos, mm-hmm. but I mean, these motherfuckers watch it on slow motion just to catch they, every they, little they, image. They watch it in .5 speed. That's, and that's another reason why usually I, I genuinely did like watch, or uh, whenever we had White Rabbit stuff to talk about, I would mm-hmm. like to talk about it on friday because yeah. these motherfuckers really it's like awesome. dive deep into this shit man yeah, they were so with that shit during the week like dude they they, they go nuts bro they're, they're crazy they really are man they really are so gar uh not garcia um danielson and jericho mm-hmm. um danielson and jericho wrestled uh another great match here in uh canada so another good match, another great match for Jericho's, uh, uh, for Jericho's, um, 2022. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he continues to just put on fantastic matches, man. At the end, at the end though, this is the part everybody was talking about. At the end, uh, Jericho goes to hit, uh, Brian with the title. Garcia hops in the ring. Takes the belt from Jericho. Brian hits him with the knee. And as Brian gets up all nonchalantly like he's about to win this championship, Garcia clocks him with the belt. And Daniel Garcia is staying a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. We seen all the OG members tonight. (laughs) We did not see, at least with Chris... Not a single member of this new Jericho Appreciation Society. Exactly. Not a, we didn't see, at least with them. Yeah, that's we what did not, with them. We did not see Ty J. We did not see Sammy Guevara. We didn't see none of them. We actually didn't see Jake Hager tonight either. But um, we seen Garcia and 2.0 and... I don't know. Did Jericho say something? Who knows, man? Did Jericho tell Tony so. Khan, like, dude, this is fucking stupid, man. This is stupid. Because uh, it is. Um, and you know what? If Jericho Appreciation Society is going to have these original members in it, I'm all for Daniel Garcia staying. Obviously, it's not clear that they've kicked any of the other members out, but, like... I hope they do. 
I hope, hope they, they just do. Forget about them. Just let them do their new gimmicks by themselves, if anything. Yeah. But, man, I love that Guevara, that Guevara, that Garcia chose the JAS because me too. I felt like if he did join the Blackpool Combat Club, that TK would kind of forgot about Yuta and Same. just focus on Garcia. Same. I think it's better in the end that Garcia is in the JAS, man. They can continue the the actual joke of what is the Jericho Appreciation Society. There are these great wrestlers that are essentially their own version of a Blackpool Combat Club. They just don't believe themselves to be that. Right. Which I love. It's it's great when those other idiots aren't in it. And it was great on Wednesday because they weren't in it. 100% agreed. 110% agreed, man. Um, Yeah, so... So, uh, after this, we've seen the Vicious Vixens. We've seen uh, Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. And uh, Nyla Rose is calling herself, like, the TBS champ, and she's wearing the belt. I don't know where that came from. You guys might have to fill me in there. I have no idea where that came from. Um, I guess it happened on Rampage, but I don't know. Watch. I haven't watched Rampage in a minute, so maybe yeah. she joined down there. I have no clue where she got that from. Genuinely, no clue. I'm so confused. Yeah. So, um, so they did that. Uh, they did this little backstage, and Anna J. She wasn't with Ty or Sammy or none of them. She wasn't with any member of the JAS. I believe she challenged her to a match, man. So that was that was about it. And it needs to end. And I really hope... And if, if it is the end, then that three-year Dynamite show with... Or was that the three-year? Where Guevara got the booze and mm-hmm. everybody was... You know, this dude was absolutely in the most hated state of his career up until this point. Um, I... I think that could have been the wake-up call for the JAS and Jericho just holding these fucking people's hands. Mm-hmm. Just let them do their thing. If they fail, tell them, bro. Because yeah. that's kind of the whole point of AEW's system. It's all on you, bro. You know, TK can't fuck you up, but your core character is on you. So you gotta figure that shit out. If you can't, you SOL. Yeah, 100%. 100%, man. So, yeah, I really hope so, too, because it, it, it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It needs to be done. Good Lord. So, next up, we got uh, Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida, these best friends here, all the good women of AEW just banding together and just brings a tear to my eye. They're, they're going against... Uh, oh. Dr. Britt Baker and Pog Hater. So, memorable. Uh, it ended with Sheeta pinning Britt. Of course, she pins Britt with a roll up. You know, um, yeah, I can't just pin Britt Baker, man. I'm surprised they didn't have Pog Hater get, get pinned. Um, but Britt actually, yeah, yeah, Britt actually took the pin here. However, Britt Baker cannot. Um, Britt Baker cannot take a uh, legitimate 
um, pinfall loss, man. She's got to get rolled up to do so. And yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't Dude, know. Her picture just gets worse and worse every week. Yeah, we've seen, um, yeah, seriously. So yeah, that was that. Nothing really much more than that. And I don't know why you couldn't at least let the champion get the pin. It wasn't even the champion, it was just Sheeta. So, I don't know. Enough of this women's tag team bullshit. Nobody wants a women's tag team division. Nobody no. nobody wants this shit, man. Nobody wants this shit. I mean, it's... Good singles, women's feelings. It's all yes, that just... Dude, honestly. So... Seriously, bro. Seriously. So, next we got a backstage promo from Butcher and it ended with the bunny doing her little weird thing where she bites in the camera and tilts her head sideways like she's fucking scary. Um, and in the main event, we got Pac versus OC. No, not the original community. Not the official community. Not the only community that matters. Orange Cassidy. Yeah. That OC. This was a very good match. This was a very good match as these two always put on solid matches. Their hell, their match at their match at Grand Slam was good. The ending was just whack, I thought. And um, yeah. so uh Bryce uh really did a, a great job as an official in this match and he was always the one that seemed to be put in, like, the stupid ref situations. Mm-hmm. So, I really like... I believe it was actually after the Pac and Cassidy match at Grand Slam. Tony Khan sent out a tweet, uh, you know, telling Bryce Remsburg he needs to tighten up on the officiating. And he's done a really good job ever since, though, of not making himself look like a fucking blithering idiot. So Exactly. People do fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. So he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he did. He did a really good job here. He did a really good job here. There was a spot, and uh, there was a spot where Pac gave Orange Cassidy a spike pile driver on the stage, and Orange Cassidy rolled all the way down, made it in at nine. And man, Pac sells his ass off for Orange Cassidy. Damn, man, he does, bro. He he flops. He fucking dies. That man sells his ass off. Like, <clears throat> that one fucking backstage segment where he fucking got knocked out by uh, Cassidy and he was just laying there, fucking dead as fuck. Mm. Bro just sells the shit off for his man. He really does. He really does. And he does a great job at it. Pac went to go grab the hammer again. Bryce Remsburg was standing right behind him like, what are you doing? Come on, bro. <laughs> so Pac's like, okay, he gives him the hammer back. Pac has a hammer under the ring. He goes to hit Orange Cassidy with it. Orange Cassidy hits him with Orange Punch. Um, Pac drops the hammer, looks at Pac again like, bro, what are you doing? So so Pac grabs, or uh, re- uh, the ref grabs the, um, grabs the hammer again. And they, uh, Orange Cassidy, I believe, did his DDT sequence, and then he did the Orange Punch again. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. 
Yeah, so after they found the second one, Pac went for another roll-up. Orange dodged it, hit him with an orange punch. Pac sold the shit out of it, and then he hit him with... Uh, two seconds here while this loads. I can't remember if it was the DDT or, a, or a, the final orange... It, okay, it, he hit him with a final orange punch. Pac sold the hell out of it, and Orange Cassidy picked up the victory and not only his first victory against Pac but his first major championship in all elite wrestling man so let's cover two things let's cover two things and I tweeted this out so for any of you guys that follow me on Twitter know how I felt about this I was very happy for Orange Cassidy Orange Cassidy is a great wrestler Uh, you know I give him a lot of slack, Uh, not necessarily him, and you guys who watch our show, you know, on a weekly, Mm -hmm. know it's not Cassidy that we hate, it's the people he is associated with brings him down, I think so. Definitely, those best friends, man, they ain't doing that, man, they're good. No, not at all. So, Orange Cassidy and, uh, oh, Logan's favorite part of the match, I forgot to even mention this. Danhausen came out and he tried to stop Pac and he just got his ass beat. Again, I'm going to ask this question. Why is this fucking guy employed? Why? There's absolutely no use of him. Literally, bro. Bro showed up. He was wearing like a scarf, a face mask, a hat, a hood, glasses. Bro had to take off like six things. And the crowd knew it was him by like the second thing he took off. Like, bro, why didn't you just hide under the table? <laughs> like, why you wearing all that shit? That shit was so bad, bro. He was taking off so many shit. Pop was just looking at him for like 10 seconds. Shit, yeah. that makes sense. Seriously. Um, so, yeah, man, this was Orange Cassidy's first major world championship in AEW, man. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm very happy for Orange Cassidy, man. I think he's a great wrestler. I think he really deserves it. Um, I, I do think his, his act has gotten a little stale, um, but his matches are still good. I just think he needs to do a little something to, I don't know what exactly that is yet. Uh, I haven't really put my finger on it, but he needs to do something to just breathe a little, some new life into his character, man. Um, and like I said... I don't know what that is, man. I don't know if that's just going solo. That could very well be it. But, you know, I mean, his matches are still great, man. But I feel like his, his just his character work is, is, has been just completely uninteresting. And that's, and, and I, I hate saying this, but I feel like this is a common thing in AEW. Like, whenever people become champions, at this point, I, I really don't expect much out of their reign anymore. No, I really don't, man. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that, man. No. It really fucking shouldn't, man. And the, his character has been pretty stale, man. I don't know if they want to add some emotion into him. Maybe make him angry. Uh, maybe make him something. Just just add something there. That's all I need to do, just add something to that character. And, and, and it's truly great. 100%. 100%. So... Uh, yeah, man. I mean, and also, 
we were there when Pac won the championship, and I'm, I'd be lying to say that I'm not, I'm not a little upset that his reign was uh, amounted to absolutely nothing when that should have been his homecoming moment in AEW. Um, I'm telling you, it absolutely should have been, and and it, it was anything but that. It was a bunch of nothing. Um, and that was we'll it. So, yeah, so I, I you know, it, it sucks. It really sucks, man. I mean, nine times out of ten, bro, when these people get championships in AEW, uh, like, I always think, my mind always reverts back to, like, that NXT, mm-hmm. you know, so that NXT mindset to where, like, when Tommaso Ciampa won the NXT title, everybody was fucking Shit. excited, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody was so pumped. When Gargano won the championship, uh, people were in tears. You know what I mean? When Adam Cole won the North American title, when Ricochet won it, you know, when Dream won it. <laughs> hey, we didn't know then. We didn't know then. But when when Dream won it, you know what I mean? Like, we get we used to get excited, man. We used to get excited. But now, you know, like in AEW, it's kind of like... I expect the worst, like, even for the people that I love, like, when the Acclaimed won the tag titles, I was like, all right, I don't know, we'll see how this goes, and, like, it's been pretty good, it's been pretty good, so, like, that's what, like, really, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that makes me happy with AEW, is you kind of just gotta go in expecting the worst, you know, from a company Mm -hmm. that is very good in a lot of aspects, man, they really need to nail that down, and I really think like one of the littlest ways you can do it, and just make people excited for a reign. In WWE, whenever people win a championship, they always like have like their first championship promo, mm-hmm. where they just talk about winning the championship, and that's such an like a simple thing that they don't do. That they don't do, and and I feel like that would really help it a lot because I feel like these people win the championships, and AEW treats it kind of like it's nothing. Like this past Sunday, the Lucha Bros became the tag team champions, and then they just go on defending it. Look what happened with the Acclaim. Acclaim got one of those, and they've been on fire ever since. That segment's fire. They're on fire. Like, people yeah. do shit like that. Yeah. I think it's such a simple concept that they just don't do. Yeah. And it, and it's like, I don't know, it's just a little observation I made, but, like, it's, you know, just stuff like that, man. I mean, I'm going to go into this expecting the worst. I mean, it's a lot of times in AEW, man, like, these moments are really cool, man. Like, when Pac won the title, that was an awesome moment, but the, the moment it is just, like, nothing. I mean... Yeah. Like I said, let's go back to that NXT mindset for a second. How would ever, would Tommaso Ciampa be the greatest NXT champion of all time if people just based it off the moment? No. no. It was about the it was about the stories he told. It was about the matches he had during that and it was about those just wonderful fucking promos he cut. And like I said, the stories that he told within that and how everything led back to Johnny Gargano in the end was just perfect. It was, it was fucking, it was poetic justice, bro. It really was. It really was. It was perfect, bro. It was great. And we didn't, we didn't give him the same thing, bro. Uh-uh. We should. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry for going off on a little tangent there, but that's, I don't know. That's, that's, that's where my mind's at with these AEW title reigns, bro. You really, and, and I mean, the same shit happened, the, the same shit happened with Wardlow, man. I mean, you cannot, and we said this at the time, you cannot christen this guy, the savior of the TNT title. And he doesn't even got the title yet. And this reign's been shit. Oh, don't even defend the fucking title. He doesn't treat. He doesn't act like a single champion. Act like he's a fucking tag champ for no reason. It's like, bro, why? I don't get it, man. <sighs> I don't either. I don't either, man. So, yeah, that's that's where my mind's at with these AEW championship title reigns, bro. So I, uh, like I said, I'm gonna go into this expecting nothing. And hopefully that makes it a little better, or if not, it'll just prove me right. So, mm-hmm. exactly, bro. Is. So, it's yeah. just us trying to hope, <laughs> but it probably will. Yeah. So, uh, Rampage. Mm-hmm. We just got two things to talk about on Rampage. Nothing. Nothing else. Nothing else is, is really fucking worth it on this show. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. So we got after the match with Sean Spears and the acclaimed, I believe <laughs> the kingdom has arrived in AEW. Who is the kingdom? You may ask Maria Canellis, Mike Bennett, and this name sound familiar at all to you? Matt Taven. Why do you think Tony Khan called up the kingdom now out of all times? Because Go ahead, WWE wanted Matt Taven, that fucking loser. Bro. I also, I got, a, I got another theory, man. I got another theory, so... I'm sorry to cut you off, but I want you to hear this before you give your full analysis, because this is interesting. And I hate this. And I hope this doesn't happen. And I really despise that I have to say this. The kingdom wasn't always Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. There was another guy in the kingdom. Another guy who, when he returns, is not going to have a group to shock the elite with. That that third man in the kingdom was Adam fucking Cole. Oh, dude, don't, don't stick Adam Cole with these fucking he, he, these fucking vanilla midgets, bro. That's what that fucking <laughs> is. That's an actual fucking vanilla midget right fucking there. Uh, it's bland as fuck. Boring as fuck. Mike Bennett's no better either. Dude, his boring ass. Get the fuck out of here, Mike Bennett. Like, fucking loser. Like, dude, you just signed him. So, bro, let these people go to WWE. Because the thing is, I, if I was 20 Khan, I'd be kind of edging these people, WWE, to sign those nobodies. Because it would blow the roster. It would sabotage them. You're trying to sabotage the fucking competition. You want them to take people like Matt Taven because they fucking suck. Because that's what what Tony Khan did, and he should learn Mm -hmm. from his mistakes. And he's making it worse. They were 
WWE is about to say, we commit your mistake, and you're making your own mistake even worse by stopping that. Okay, <sighs> idiot. Like, dude. Bro, I just hope. Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. As soon as I seen, you know, the kingdom, yeah. I started seeing everybody fantasizing like this is actually interesting. Dude. That Adam oh. Cole's gonna join the kingdom because... Bobby Fish looks like this motherfucker really sabotaged his AEW career to go be a fucking PC coach. So, Bobby Fish is done. Bobby Fish is done. Bobby Fish isn't coming back. Roddy's not getting out of his deal under Triple H. He wasn't getting out under Vince McMahon. He really ain't getting out under Triple H. I'd be shocked at least. So, we don't have a three-person undisputed. The kingdom... Has two guys, bro. Oh no, this fucking vanilla midgets in there. Adam Cole's best group is hands down the undisputed. That is the group we want to see face Mm -hmm. the elite. Nobody wants to see the fuck, dude. Imagine Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole going up against Matt, Nick, and Kenny. Now imagine. Matt, Nick, and Kenny going face-to-face with Adam Cole, fucking Mike Bennett, and Matt Taven. Like, the levels of epicness are, are so far apart. I mean, one is just completely horrible, and the other one is is a dream match. And Bobby Fish ruined it for us. Literally, bro, because he's a fucking idiot. And even at this point, I don't say fuck it. Bobby Fish is a fucking idiot. He fucked up his AEW run. I was TK. I was like, man, people really want the Undisputed. I'll give this motherfucker a chance to come back to be a part of the Undisputed when when Adam Cole's back. I know Riley. Exactly. He's got that whole neck neck fusion situation going on, too, which sucks. Cole's be out for a while, which really fucking sucks, man. But, like, bruh, what the fuck? Bobby Fish, he's out there in Impact getting crickets. He could have been an AEW waiting out these two guys coming back. Yeah, I mean it's idiot. It's Dude, that's he's that's a that's, fucking that's, idiot. That's a real that's a real so, idiot move. Now we gotta deal with these two fucking just bland fucking doorknobs. Matt Tatum, bro. <laughs> Dude. <sighs> We said it on Friday, man. That is, that if Triple H is interested in that, bro. Oh Lord. Oh, dude. Cause good Lord, how? What are you interested in? It's a guy. You could find that anywhere. Mike Bennett. No, anyway, I'm no fucking Mike Bennett. No, he brings with us Maria. You want her either? No. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Look what, bro. They literally signed WWE and got pregnant like three times in a row. Basically scammed the fuck out of them. I would yeah. not trust them if I was TK. The fuck they, out of here. They were, they were like probably the only people that the fans stood up for WWE against in that Dude, era. Because every, everybody was like, that was at the time when everybody would just constantly come down on WWE about like everything under the sun. But like... With those two, even the fucking community was like, dude, how do you expect them to push you when you're fucking getting knocked up every three months and then they gotta fucking pay you on leave? 
Exactly. Like, bruh. You're just I'd be pissed too. What the fuck's that? What did I sign you for? Bro, if you say that, I'd be, be burying the fuck out of you. You fucking asshole. Man, get the fuck out of here, bro. If, I, if we have to see Adam Cole with these two fucking door hinges, these doorknobs of fucking personality, bro. I'm, I'm gonna hate myself. I'm gonna hate Bobby Fish, bro. Oh, I hate I him now. Fucking DM uh, him, bro. I say you better fix this shit right now. You know what? I'm doing it. We'll see it, bro. We'll play it for him on Friday. We'll show him the DM, man. So, yeah, while you're texting Bobby Fish, man, about some serious stuff, you know, yeah, um, yeah, again, I, I seriously resent, I seriously resent Bobby Fish for robbing us of, of this. I mean, good God, what the hell were you thinking, bro? To go back and be a PC coach, you robbed us of the elite versus the undisputed era. You suck. You really suck, man. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all that, dude. I don't want to see Adam Cole with these two fucking doorknobs. I really don't. I really don't. It's it's ruined. It's ruined. They wasted our time. They they and and it's none of them. It's none of their fault except for Bobby Fish. Uh, they it, they they wasted our time at the end of the day. And it is it's what Bobby it is. Fish's and real name. um, well, his real name is Bobby Fish. Yeah, oh, it's okay. well, it's like Robert Fish, but oh, same please thing. Be, oh my God, please be fucking Robert. Hold on, Bobby. yeah, right. His real name is Robert Fish, I believe. And Robert Anthony Fish. Yep, that's what I'm calling him. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not Tony Khan's fault. It, it's not because they clearly had something set up. Um, it's not Tony Khan's fault. It's not Adam Cole's fault. It's not Kyle O'Reilly's fault. It is not the Elite's fault. It is nobody's fault but Bobby Fish. So, we can all thank him for that. So, the Dark Order are having this backstage segment. Jose comes up to 10, tries to buy him again or whatever he was doing with him. And um, they pretty much shoot him off. And they said some kind of stipulation. 10 said, if if I if I beat Roosh, you guys got to leave me alone forever. But if I don't, or if I don't, then you guys have me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just weird, bro. It's just weird. Um. So the Dark Order all put their hands in, you know, stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And at the end, somebody else puts their hand on top of theirs. Let's go. Camera pans out. And it is a huge pop for the man himself. <laughs> Stu, motherfucker. Fucking Grayson, bro. Dude, let's fucking go. I was so hyped in that shit. Yes, bro. This is what we fucking need. Mm-hmm. Stu fucking Grayson. He better be back. If that was a one-off. Okay. And I honestly think... I honestly think... This is another WWE effect, but this is a good one. This is one we've this been asking for one. for a really long time. Because now we got past All Out... And you didn't do Evil, Stu, and Hangman as the trio. Ugh. 
It's annoying, but regardless, this is great. This is fantastic for AEW, man. Stu and Uno, they are a great tag team. They really, really are a great tag team. And I'm excited to have them back, man. I'm very excited to have them back. Um, uh, or have him back because he is so good. And I hope the time apart let Tony Khan realize how good Evil and Stu are as a tag team because they are great as a team. They are great. I'm telling you, bro. I'm so happy he's here. I hope it's permanent. Um, and this is what we need. That tag team back, bro. Because that, that shit will be heat, whether it's in tag team or in trio, bro. That shit will <laughs> be heat. And he should have he never been let go. So, this is a great pickup, man. A great re-pickup. And don't make that mistake again, bro. It's better not be a one-off. I want that tag team, that tag team, whether it's a tag team or a trio, in AEW, actually doing shit. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that was pretty much the uh, stuff for Rampage. Actually, some interesting things this time around. Definitely, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, two, uh, two interesting things, obviously, with the hopefully the return of Stu Grayson and um, the kingdom. Alright, man. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and that is for SmackDown real quick. We did see the uh, first sighting of a live Bray Wyatt with a live microphone. Yeah, uh, but before we get on to that, definitely... Before we get into that, we got the heel turn of who? Whose game is it? L.A. Knight's game. Apparently. L.A. Knight beat Mansu. And he uh, grabbed the mic and he pretty much said, Now that I'm done with them, I don't need anybody's support. Because whose game is it? It's L.A. Knight's game. Yeah, as he says. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, man. La Knight turned heel. Kind of weird, but I guess yeah. they do need heels on SmackDown. But because we don't really know what Wyatt's gonna be, I'm assuming he's gonna be a baby face with kind of like a heel character, like the Fiend, sort of. People love the Fiend, but he was technically a heel. So I think we're gonna have that dynamic. So you could. Internally, you could slot him in as a baby face because he's definitely not a fucking heel. <laughs> so, the only thing is, though, you have a dominant mid-card champion who is a monster heel. So, that I didn't really understand. But, we'll see where it goes. And I don't... I They could do what they were going to do in NXT and kind of just start him off as a prick and then slowly transition him into somebody that people love. So. Exactly, bro. I think that's a good way to do it, man. And uh, I really like it. As long as he's LA Knight, which he is, that's all that fucking matters. Goodbye, Max Dupree. No one, no one will miss you. Mm-mm. Not at all. No fucking LA Knight won't. Oh, man. What'd you think about the face off between Omas 
I'm strong. Dude, that shit got me so hype. I can't believe. <laughs> I gotta see this shit live. They they moved Mysterio to to Raw or to SmackDown. Sorry, because he wanted to quit. Drew McIntyre was uh, apparently driving like Jeff and hit Cross, and then he beat the shit out of him right after the car crash. Um, the fuck, bro? Man, Bromos and Braun. I gotta build it. I gotta fucking make some freebies chasing type shit with it. <laughs> um, yeah, the heel turn from LA Knight. Uh, Legato picked up their first victory, man, and. Um, uh. Yeah, that was pretty much all the little stuff for SmackDown. I can't believe him. I can't believe I talked about SmackDown for that long. But uh, here we are. Here we are. And we're probably going to have to be at least touching on one SmackDown thing a week because the man himself is on the show. Mr. Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt, did his first live appearance since the Extreme Rules return. What do you think about the theme song, man? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to get used to it to be honest. I don't know if I was into it. I didn't, I only heard it once and I wasn't into it. I, I didn't really rewatch the theme song, but I don't know, man. I don't know. You? Uh, I actually really liked it. I actually really okay. liked it. I thought it, I, I don't know if Uncle Howdy or whatever his alter ego is gonna be called is gonna have a different song. But for Wyndham, like human Wyndham, the Wyndham version of Bray Wyatt, I thought it, it looks like, it, it, it sounds like music he would legitimately bump. So it yeah. fits him. It fits yeah. him. Um, And I like how it kind of had like the, kind of like rock to it, but it was very calm, like the first version of Live in Fear, but it did have like some, some kind of rock into it. So I, I, I was fucking with it, man, to be honest. And I've listened to a couple different versions that people post on youtube obviously you could like still hear the crowd in it and stuff so that sucks mm -hmm. but like uh regardless I, I i was fucking with what i seen on tv but i yeah. obviously i'd have to listen to the actual version i don't believe they uploaded anything yet i could check again right now um i don't think so but definitely. i'll just do it again man because i don't know i shit i don't know i think i'll have to listen to it again man i was not a fan yeah, nothing, nothing yet, nothing yet. Um, the latest song we got is "We Got the Rage," Damage Control. So, um, <laughs> I, I was fucking with it, man. I thought it was different. Um, obviously, Wyndham's gonna want something different. That's just who Wyndham exactly. is. Uh, so, it's different, and and, and I, I, I was fucking with it, man. I was fucking with it. It definitely was a little. Wow, was this Man. different? Mm -hmm. Talk about Wyndham being different, bro. This was different for Wyndham. So, he comes out here and he is human Bray. He comes out with the regular lantern, not the headed lantern. So, he comes out and it seems like this is the version of Bray. This is going to be the human version of Bray Wyatt and... Instead of being the host of Blues Clues-esque, he's going to be more of Wyndham. And I really like that. And he talked... Man, he shed some skin. This promo almost brought a tear to my eye. Genuinely. I have never seen him like this. So, 
He talked about how the past year of his life has been hell. He lost his career. He lost two people who were very close to him. There was uh, obviously Brody and his friend that he just posted about like a month ago. Yeah. That passed. Um, he lost two people that were very close to him. And he often thought that anything he's ever done didn't matter to anybody. But he would see the fans and they would always say to him, Bray, when are you coming home? We miss you. And um, he quickly realized that he was wrong. And it was time for him to come back. And uh, he was... He, you could definitely hear his voice cracking, man. And he talked about how... He talked about how um, he never thought this return would happen, which really is wild to me. I mean, yeah. obviously we all thought it, but like to hear it out of his mouth is it's just crazy. wild, bro. It's wild. Um, Vince really didn't like him that much just for disagreeing with him. That's yeah, fucked. it really is. But yeah, man, and he talked about how... Um, this is really giving me origin. He didn't talk about this. This is me talking. He um, he talked to... Or this is really giving me origins of the Firefly Funhouse. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. It, it really is. Because here we are again. And tell me if this makes sense, man. Here we are again seeing this humanized version of Bray. But there is something dark looming in the shadows... That we have oh, yeah. not been introduced to yet. Well, we have, but we've seen him briefly. Hmm. There is something so dark that has control over him. And similar to The Fiend, how he was this happy Bray, and he was happy now, and everything is right in life. But he has a dark past, and he has a dark secret. And that was the fiend, and it was something way darker than we could have ever imagined. So, all of a sudden, Bray goes to cut the next line, and lights go out, and we see the Uncle Howdy mask, or whatever it's called. And he says, um, he says to Bray, life is over. Forget about the future, forget about the past. It is time to take your last. He says, come with me. Life is over now. Bro, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I am pumped for it. Oh, this sounds so incredibly dope, bro. I can't wait for all this shit to unfold. The way this, the way this dark, the way this darker persona talks in riddles and rhymes is so fucking hard to me bro it is it's sick and i only seen one promo well two because he did have the one that you know who killed the world you did we did that was sick and then here again um with the forget the future forget the past it's time to take your last um bro man that's hard as shit that's hard as shit or no, um, breathe your last. Sorry, not breathe, take your yeah, last. It's time breathe. to breathe your last, bro. What the? F I don't, man. Whip, Wyndham. That's all I gotta say. Mm -hmm. Fucking Wyndham. I'm excited. I'm excited. 
And apparently, there are plans from now until WrestleMania to wow. debut this faction Look and to this. have plans for this faction. Holy fuck. Long-term booking. Those fucking WWE fans have been saying that about literally, literally everything for months now. It's actually happening. Long-term booking. Look at that. You'll love to see it, man. It's back. It's back in, in fucking WWE. Good lord. Man, love it. Can't wait, bro. Why is it go? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I loved every second of this. I really did, bro. I miss hearing Bray talk like that. I miss fucking all this shit. That mask looks sick. I love the red context. Whoever it is wears under it. That makes it look even cooler. I, I love it. Love the way it talks. Can't wait to see how this unfolds. So, so sick, bro. So sick. I was I was getting so geeked out, bro, when he was speaking them riddles and rhymes. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, this fucking guy. Everything he does. Everything he does. Great. Goaded. Literally, bro. Um, Golly, bro. Um, so Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw opens up. Um, Monday Night Raw opens up with. Uh, I'm gonna quote somebody on Twitter. I don't have your at, so I apologize. Monday Night Raw opens up with, and I quote: Brock Lesnar giving Bobby Lashley his body. Yes. That is, um, that is how somebody phrased this shit. So, Brock Lesnar, let's, I'm going to put this in a, in a normal way. Brock Lesnar put Bobby Lashley over here hard. Oh, hard, bro. He put him over. In the beginning of the show, Bobby Lashley didn't do no entrance. He was already standing in the middle of the ring, beating on his, patting his microphone, waiting for it to turn on. So, he says, Brock... I'm not here to play any games. You want to fight? Let's get out here. Let's let's give these people a fight. So Brock comes out, no hesitation, walks down to the ring. Bobby Lashley hops out. These two start fighting around the ringside area. Bobby Lashley spears Brock through the cage, or uh, barricade, uh, through the timekeeper's barricade. Um, They come back out around the... Um, they break them up, and noticeably... Shelton and Cedric were out there with a bunch mm-hmm. of other WWE superstars and uh, officials and stuff. Ali was out there. I think Matt Riddle was. Uh, just a bunch of people were out there, but they. Oh. Uh, I did notice those two were there. So mm-hmm. I, like I don't that. know if that's like definitely, definitely, man. So they get them separated. Brock is by the announce table. Bobby Lashley's out at the. Uh, almost at the end of the ramp towards, you know, right by the ring. Bobby Lashley breaks away, runs around the ring, spears Brock over the announce table, picks Brock up and does that, like, little choke slam move, but he, like, holds their stomach, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Does that move and puts Brock through the announce table and just walks out like a badass. Fuck, man. I was like, That's... damn, Brock put him the fuck over here. Sick. <laughs> Fucking good. I mean, this, whole, this is what we've always wanted from Brock. 
shit like this. Yes, man. bro. When he's selling and he's putting people over, it always looks so amazing, man. Because he's so good at it. He really is, man. That's why those matches with smaller guys were better. Because he was able to make it look better. With people like Roman, he wasn't really able to sell shit like that. Because so, I mean, there were cardboard cutouts. Right. So, so here's the th- here's the here's the secret with Brock. Mm-hmm. Here's the secret with Brock. Whenever he's in the ring with a big guy, it needs to be a slugfest. It needs to be a slugfest, and it needs to consist of a lot of Brock getting his ass whipped. As weird as that sounds, Brock Brock puts him. Brock is more put over as a beast as to how much he gets up, mm-hmm. how much he keeps getting up. Now point in case, or case in point, the match with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe beat the shit out of him, and Brock just wouldn't go away. Brock wouldn't go away. Now, when Brock is slowly walking around beating the hell out of Roman and Braun, it's boring as shit. But when these guys are fast-paced trying to catch him off guard and whooping his ass, that is the key with Brock. And, um, even at, uh, uh, Royal Rumble. The reason the match wasn't that good with Bobby Lashley, Vince had this horrible thing for just having Brock just have most of the offense. And it's okay to have Brock have some offense, but a lot of the times Brock offense is just slowly walking around, suplex, suplex, hammer fist, hammer fist, forearm to the back, knee to the gut. I mean, it's so, you know, corner, corner thrust or corner uh, shoulder thrust. I mean, it's very formulaic. So whenever you got these guys getting the jump on him, it's it's a lot. It's a lot better, man. It's a lot better. It is, man. It really is. I'm, I can't wait for the genuine, genuine match we're gonna get from these two. I'm glad that Triple H is running it back, bro. I really am. And although the war can be what dream for Mania, Saudi's coming up. You know, it's gonna be at Saudi. So that's when the match is happening, man. Who but, knows? Who knows? I can see them. I can see that being one of the one of the matches of a couple between these two. Yeah, so I was gonna say if Brock wins, Bobby's gotta get his win back. So and what is and what is in the future necessarily for Bobby Lashley? Not much. So at least for now, you know, he can't win a world title. He you know he should take a little bit of time away from the U.S. title. Let some other people get to hold that, you know. So, what's what's really going to be there for him? I mean, match with Roman, you know. I mean, that, eh. I don't yeah. want to see Bobby Lashley get thrown to the fucking wolves like that. So exactly. Um. So, do it again at Mania. Have Brock win in Saudi Arabia and have Bobby get his win back at WrestleMania. There you go. Easy, beautiful. You set it up in the rumble. Have those two be in the rumble. Have one of them eliminate the other or some shit like that. And just continue that beef, bro. Yeah, and it's it's exciting, man. It's exciting. And yes, I'm so happy for Bobby Lashley. And if and if WWE can book a war a war of a match between Roman and Brock that we got at SummerSlam where they're flipping the ring upside down. Uh, imagine the kind of uh, slugfest and war we can get from Lashley and Brock. Oh, That's bro, exciting. Uh, 
There better be some brutal shit. It better be a fucking 2019 Walter match out there. That's where it got <laughs> The fuck, man. Definitely. Oh, man. Walter and Brock. They still gotta run that shit. Fuck, fuck yes, her. bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking like the goddamn. Ah, they robbed us of that, bro. It's all right. If things never did in the fucking first place, we didn't have to deal with that fucking problem. And now we mm. do. He likes being Gunter. Fucking asshole. Horrible. Horrible. I got a DM in too. Goddamn, so, a lot of people in <laughs> So, so, next, the OC. The originals. The official. The only community that matters. Has defeated uh, the Alpha Academy here. And after the match, AJ gets into a promo battle with Dom where he challenges him to a match later in the night. And he says, I'm going to do to you what your dad should have did a long time ago. And that's kick your little ass. <laughs> so. Should be beating his kids. So, so Dom. Uh, <laughs> so Dom. Dom gets, uh, Dom's timing as a heel is a lot better on the mic because he knows, he knows when to talk and then he knows how to shut the crowd up when the crowd's booing. He knows when the crowd is hot, how to kind of shut them up. So he, uh, he, he, he's, he is a lot better as a heel. I will have to say he he does a lot because everybody hates him and nobody fucking likes him because he sucks. So put him as a heel and Put him in a role where he's a heat magnet and you have two other guys in Damien and Finn who can cover up his flaws as best as they can. It's a good mm-hmm. role for him. If exactly. I gotta say anything about the twerp, I will say that. Exactly. He knows what he's doing because he knows he sucks. He doesn't want to admit it, but he knows he sucks and he's using it to advantage. Like Because, yeah, I mean, when he was babyface, nobody's buying that you're the next Rey Mysterio, bro. You <laughs> That shit. That shit was ass. You're ass. You're nothing like your father. And everybody knew that shit. And he knows that shit. So he's embracing yeah. it. He's 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 just shoving it in our face and it's great. Sad crazy to think that Dominic Mysterio is doing a better Sammy Guevara than Sammy Guevara. <laughs> you hate to see it. What does this Guevara. world come to, bro? Lots of truth to that, definitely. <laughs> What does this world come to? Seriously. So, uh, yeah, he's just drawing heat on himself. He's just telling AJ, you know, he's going to kick his ass later and stuff. So, uh, next we get the first promo. The first promo as U.S. champ. The first promo after winning the title. Hint, hint, Tony Khan. Uh, from Seth Rollins. Um, he's uh, just cutting a promo about how he's visionary, revolutionary, and the new United States champion. Before he could really say much, he did talk about on TV why he tapped so quickly, which made sense because not everybody sees the exclusive digital interviews. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I'm rocking with it. So, oh, yeah. Ali comes out there and he says, you know what, Seth? I want the next shot at that title. 
And if not, uh, I'm going to be your problem, pretty much. So Seth tells him, you know, I like you, man. You're a good dad. You're a good friend. You're a good guy. But you're not getting a U.S. title shot, pretty much. So... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was that was that was pretty much it with Ali. Um, that was pretty much it with Ali, man. And uh, as Seth got ready for his first title defense later in the night, and look, Seth defended it the week after, but he still had the promo. Still to, had a chance to just speak. Yes, to just speak on winning the title. It's all about that connection with the audience, and mm-hmm. you gotta be able to to speak. You gotta have time to speak to the people. And not everything resonates with a match. A lot can resonate with a match. I'm, I'm not saying that nothing does. A lot can resonate with a wrestling match. But promos help a lot. A lot. And you need to understand that concept. So, yes, yes. And Logan put in the comments, WWE did confirm uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar for a crown jewel. So there's the that. Is that shit again? November 5th. Oh, man, from 5th, okay, that is random, oh, God. Yeah, uh, three weeks before Survivor Series, so whatever. Oh, that's fun. Damage Control defeated Candice and Bianca. They pinned, uh, Dakota pinned Candice. Mm, what do you really want me to say? Uh, this doesn't do no good for Candice. Uh, people sit on their hands for Candice, bro. Like, they do, man hard dude like bad bro like whenever she comes out it is little to no reaction little to nothing for candace loray and yikes bro yikes i can't lie i think candace and although obviously i think she made the right choice going to wwe her husband's there let her be happy but i think in terms of the choice exactly but in the way fan bases and companies yes. work, man, I think she would have been better in AEW. I just think she would. She's on that side of the fans. Yeah, so couldn't, couldn't, just, have, couldn't have said it better myself. Hundred percent. Definitely, man. Definitely. And yeah, AEW is cool with the inter- intergender wrestling, and she loves doing that. So I think that really would have worked out for her. But in I, if I was her, I would have gone to WWE because of those personal reasons. But it's just the fans, man. These WWE fans aren't built for someone like her, bruh. Or, no. Yeah, because that's not what the WWE fans want. They want the blisses and the and the Liv Morgan. No, I mean, nobody wants Liv Morgan at this point, man. But they want, like, the Nihilons. <laughs> yeah, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. We've seen a lot of NXT presence on this show. One who I was very excited to see. Um, And I cannot wait for the actual call-up to happen. But uh, here we got one. This isn't the one I was very excited about. But it was still... It was alright to see her, I guess. Uh, Cora Jade um, came in and picked Rhea Ripley to face Roxanne since... They're doing the pick your poison match, and Roxanne picked Raquel. So Cora knows that Rhea and Raquel used to be best friends, so she picked Rhea Ripley. Very, uh, very logical. Very logical there. Look at that. Wow. Um, 
and Rhea agreed to it, and that was it. So, Miz. Matt Riddle is backstage having an interview. He sees Mustafa Ali. He tells him, you know, once you get a title shot, or once I win this title tonight, you're going to get a title shot. You're a stallion. I like how Riddle uses that term. Mm -hmm. um, he says, you're a stallion, and I'm going to give you a title shot, man. No worries. No worries. And they, they fist bump, and all of a sudden we just hear... Ah, 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 and they look over, and the Miz is just holding his knee. And there's a caution wet floor sign, and he's saying, Ah, I broke my knee. I can't even touch it. Oh my god. Ah, so that's all I'm gonna say for now. We're gonna get back to that a little later in the night. Good JBL. Now this is our bro. You couldn't give us LA night or something. You had to give uh, us this. The fuck, man. I'm Come assuming, on. and I like this. I mm -hmm. like this. I'm assuming this was the trade for Rey Mysterio. I, I'm assuming, which, yeah. But Baron fucking Corbin? <sighs> you couldn't have traded. LA night would have been perfect. To get him away from the, the models. What the fuck? What the fuck? Are you serious, bro? And now... And J... And JBL? Really? Like, This is so fucking horrendous, dude. This shit's sick. JBL comes out here in like a fucking 4X suit. Probably the fucking size suit that'll fit fucking Killian Dane. Bro, he comes like out here in this... Bro. Bro. Oh, God, bro. He comes out here. He comes out here and... He talks about how he hates Oklahoma and he's just getting the cheap heat. He hates Oklahoma and this and that. And he's going to present to us the new wrestling god... You do know. Okay, first of all, there is somebody who has that nickname already. Don Callis, for the past year, has called Kenny Omega the wrestling god. Literally. So, I don't know if that's just them being petty, but to be fair, JBL did have the name first. So I guess he's passing it down to somebody, and out of everybody on planet Earth, it's fucking Baron Corbin. To be the wrestling god. Wrestling, like, broken fun of a fun match. And I like a lot of his moveset. I like, he does cool, unique shit. He's serviceable. He is. He is, bro. But the wrestling god, bro, he, he ain't even, like, what? He ain't even, he ain't even in the kingdom, bro. He ain't. Dude, come on, bro. What is this? Um, he talked about how Rey Mysterio is, uh, you know, humiliated of himself, and that's why he's, that's why he's been traded to SmackDown. And then he talked about how Dolph Ziggler was never gonna amount to anything, and he's been scamming the company for years, which I thought was kind of funny uh, because he sat around and done nothing. Uh, and the reason. He brought up Dolph was because that was Baron Corbin's opponent for the night. Um, and the reason I 
I'm assuming he brought up Ray is because that was the trade. So, mm-hmm. what a fucking horrible trade. I'll give you Ray Mysterio. All right, who are you going to give me? Baron Corbin. I'd hang up that fucking phone so fast. Fuck you. I'm not like, taking what? up Baron Corbin. Fucking Corbin, dude. So, for be a biker. So he, so he comes out and he's in like his. So it was a new gear, but it was pretty much like the same template of what he wore when he was King Corbin, like that tight mm-hmm. shirt yeah. and the pants. And it and it just it was it was a horrible visual. And then he had like the rich guy hat on, and he still had his like rich music. But he's back to being Baron Corbin, so that's good. But presentation wise, I'm not feeling it. I did not feel that the gear felt very kind of King Corbin ish to me. And it mm-hmm. like he was trying to like mix it with this gear that like wasn't um or like Ona. And with his like King Corbin s gear, and it just, it was a horrible fucking visual to be honest. But yeah. Corbin ended up winning, and I couldn't give uh, any any less fucks that I already give. Dude, that's fucked. JB Dill is back on my fucking TV, and then thanks Triple H. And, yeah, and 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 JBL JBL sucks, bro. I mean, dude sucks. You fucking, I mean, you hear. I I don't know, man. I mean, his his WWE champion. I mean, nobody can deny his his WWE championship work. Obviously, that was great shit because he was the perfect beat upable hick. But um, you got to give him props for that, man. But as a person, I'm I'm not rocking with JBL whatsoever. No. Um, especially after that bullying Mara Ronaldo shit. I feel oh, like yeah. as NXT heads, we uh we, we will we will uh go to bat for for Mara Ronaldo. Um. Mm-hmm. He, he, it's just how it is, man. Now, a lot of people still don't like Corey Graves because of that Mar Ronaldo shit. I know I don't. Oh, I can't stand his ass. Um, same with JBL. Fucking assholes, bro. Get, bro, JBL sucks. Get him the fuck out of here, bro. His, he, he, he ain't built for this modern world, bro. His ass is lame as hell. He dresses lame as hell. And he's with Baron fucking Corbin. Dude. Just, just let the man go do biker shit. Have him join Judgment Day. Let him be a fucking weirdo. I don't fucking know. Yeah, now, Judgment Day would be decent for him, actually. Dude, because he's already fucking awkward on the mic, man. Like, dude, oh, bro, 2016 Corbin in the Judgment Day would have been goaded. His horrible ass. Dean. Dean. You're st- you think of, or what did he say? I know you're stupid. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> But like that garbage ass line. <laughs> like he used to be fun, bad. And now he got comfortable on the mic, and he's not bad. He's just bad. It's just, it's just like bad. It's just, it's, it's, it's just, not funny, he, bad though. It's no, just, it's yeah, not it's funny just, bad anymore. He just, it's just normal bad, and it's lame. Like, dude, get JBL out of here. Get Corbin out of here. You want to make a trade? Trade LA Knight. Uh, uh, dude, trade fucking anybody. Except Baron fucking Corbin, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Trade fucking somebody, Ricochet, bro. Ricochet, um, Shinsuke, somebody, Shin dog. Nakamura, yeah, somebody. You so, chose Baron Corbin. Horrible. Horrible, man. Um, Omo says that he's got... Well, MVP said more like Omo just stared down the fucking barrel and did this. <laughs> 
He's just punching his fucking hand. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't intimidating me at all. Uh, I don't know who he was trying to intimidate. But they're going Friday on SmackDown to uh, confront Mr. Uh, Braun Strowman. So, man, I couldn't, I couldn't be any more excited for that. Good so, Lord. Miz sees... Uh, Miz is in the doctor's room, and Byron Saxton walks up to him, mm-hmm. and he said, "Miz, Miz, uh, are, are are you are you faking this injury? Are you just trying to get out of your match against Dexter Loomis?" And Miz is just getting so pissed at him. He's like, "No, no, I slipped on the floor because the the floor was wet, and janitors didn't mop it up." And Byron's like, "Well." The custodian said they seen you pour water on the floor and 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 put the caution wet floor sign down. And he said, and according to the custodian reports, the floor was mopped last night. And the Miz is like, what? No, no, it wasn't. No, it was, the floor was wet and I tripped and fell on my knee. Johnny Gargano's standing in the open of the uh, of the trainer's room and he says, Dexter Loomis. The Miz hops right the fuck up on his knee, and he goes, where, where? And then Johnny goes, oh, well, I guess you're good enough for your match tonight. (laughs) And Byron's just standing there, and he says, well, Miz, I guess you were faking the injury after all. (laughs) Dude, you don't come with Byron is fucking great, bro. Byron is great as a backstage interviewer. He is so goddamn awkward, and it's like he is... No self consciousness to to like like under like 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 he just he does not read the room whatsoever. He just says shit. He just says he just shit, says, man. Just, oh, guess you were faking it, fucking asshole. Of course I was fucking faking it. You don't fucking say it. I love it. I love Byron. He's so goofy. He's so happy. He is. He's so he's such a good person. It's it's amazing. He is. He is like. He's so bad. He's good. He's one of them. Um, so, Johnny Gargano is talking to the Miz in the back, and he's talking about you know, you just got to go out there and and fight Dexter Loomis, man. And the and the Miz is getting pissed off, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go out there and wrestle him, and afterwards, I think I'm gonna have a score to settle with you. So. Mm-hmm. Very interesting there. Some seeds being planted, I guess. And um, AJ and the OC, the original community, are in the back. And they're talking. um, And who walks up, man? None other than Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. This, this is what I was very excited to see. I was very excited to see. Good old... Cameron Grimes here on Monday Night Raw. Uh, yeah, he said, uh, you know, these schism guys are really pissing me off. So I figured I'd ask uh, from some, I'd ask for some help from uh, the the original community. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Gals and Anderson said, yeah, we will, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. So yeah, <laughs> it looks like it's gonna be uh, the honorary uh, community member, the honorary community use. Uh, Cameron Grimes and uh, the original community members versus Schism, Dyad, and Joe Gacy. Good so. And it's funny, so Gallows and Anderson really went from 
being on Dynamite to try to compete with it. They're really going to fail hard in the world. Dude, I can't wait to see that. Oh, that makes too. sense. That makes yeah. sense. It's definitely why yeah. they're using the fucking the original community. So they can try to combat Dynamite. And man, are they going to... Because I think, isn't there like a game tomorrow or something? Like a first game or something? I, yeah, the NBA season opens tomorrow, I believe. Oh, yeah. If ain't nobody watching NXT, bro. The fuck out of here. <laughs> they about to get impact views. No, and they don't get no fucking impact views. Oh no, impact gets impact views. Yeah. Um Dexter comes out for his match and the Miz attacks him with a steel chair before he could wrestle him and um hits him with a skull crushing finale. And it looks like the this storyline and this match is gonna be postponed and no contract for Mr. Dexter Loomis, man. So that was that. Um, what the fuck? Just end the shit. Give Dexter a contract so he can actually be a member of the roster. Which, if he's not a contract, a member of the roster, he came out and they played his Titantrons and he came through Gorilla and everything. Yeah, so. so how was he not contracting? There's a lot of to do with it. Like, yeah. Garbage, bro. This shit has been ass. Yeah, it really has. Um... Dominic defeats AJ Styles via roll-up. Wow. Via roll-up, uh, Rhea Ripley distracted AJ. Um, he went to hit the ropes, and I believe she grabbed his foot while uh, the other two had the ref distracted. And he pinned AJ up, or uh, rolled AJ up, I mean, and, and he beat him. So AJ was uh, very upset. Dominic. Next up, we got the return of Elias. He talked about how his brother Ezekiel's run has been cut short. And And he's back. And he's back. And Matt Riddle comes out with bongos. And he says, Elias, it's so good to see you. Uh, I'm going to miss being Zeked up every time I seen Zeke. And he says to Elias, here, man, I brought my bongos. Here, hit my bong. <laughs> so Elias, was, Elias, told, Elias told him, he said, no, man, that's not really my thing. Um, w, Christopher Eubanks, what's going on, man? He says, so, WWE 2K23 about 2K Showcase Black Wednesday. Mm. Oh, wow. Let's go. Thank God. That's fun, cool. man. Let's do it. Fuck this Black Wednesday. Finally get the fucking fiend in the game. Well, ooh, I well, don't know if they're going to have time to. Well, DLC. They'll yeah. That's for this ass, and he's worth it. Damn. It's 17 degrees where Logan is, man. By us, it is like 35. And it uh, feels like, what does it feel like? It feels like 26, and it's windy yeah. as shit. It's cold as fuck it's here, windy. man. It's cold, bro. It's windy as dick outside, bro. That's where God. So, Elias goes to play a song, and Seth comes out and uh, interrupts it. And then we go into the main event where Seth uh, and Riddle are having their U.S. title match. Seth, I believe, went outside the ring while 
the ref had his back turned and he punched Elias or he slapped him and Elias hit him with his big jumping knee, man. So he mm -hmm. was helping Riddle win here. And towards the end, Riddle went to uh, Riddle went to run at Seth. Seth moved. Elias jumped in the ring and bumped into Matt Riddle. Elias flew out the ring. Matt Riddle was on, um, you know, his hands and knees and got curb stomped, man. So Elias just jumped in the ring for nothing and cost Matt Riddle. I don't know what the hell he jumped in the ring for, but he jumped in the ring and he cost Matt Riddle a U.S. title match, man. And Seth continues to carry the belt. So, yeah, it was a really good main event of Raw. And, yeah, another, another great match between those two as it was Seth's first defense that he did have a coronating promo for look at that man look at that yeah i guess they're in the meantime they're gonna keep that real busy with uh little highest feeling might as well and uh cool man cool i'll probably get to do some more fun interactions and good for seth man now that he's a champion he'll get consistent wins which is finally good to say bruh he will get consistent wins. Look at that. Definitely, bro. Definitely. So, yeah. So that was that was pretty much that was pretty much the week of wrestling, man. That was pretty yeah. much the week of wrestling all around. A solid week for for everybody. AEW, <laughs> Raw, SmackDown. Um, solid week. Even Rampage had shit to talk about. So, what a what a world we're living in right now. This is what we. This is what we deserve, man. This is what exactly. we deserve. Good wrestling across the board. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah. Uh, aside from that, man. Aside from that. um, Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, that's, that's going to do it, man. We got everything. Uh, we got everything we talked about for the week. So, thank you again to everybody who showed up in chat. We had another episode of Late Night Unscripted, man. So, thank you to Logan, uh, Chris. Thanks for coming back again, man. And, uh everybody else in chat man and for the ones that weren't here um we're saying what's up to all you guys man we miss you guys we're probably gonna see you guys on friday and yeah we love you guys man and i'm sure you guys are um i'm sure you guys are uh you know who you are yeah you know exactly. who you are. and uh yeah we'll, we'll probably see you guys on friday i know you guys are probably gonna be watching the replay uh, logan says before we get out of here man you guys are gonna get that gotham knights game probably probably, probably. I was thinking probably. Yeah, I hear it's I hear it's looking pretty fire, man, and I just need something to fucking play, man. I need something yeah, to play. God damn. Yeah, man. So with that with that, I mean I am playing Far Cry three like really slow though, because I don't want it to end because after that I really don't have anything else to play, but um maybe Far Cry four, but I don't know. Um yeah, I need something to play, man. I need something to play. So we'll see. We'll see where the road takes us. Um, but yeah, man, like I said, thank you to all you guys who showed up in the live chat, uh, Logan, Chris, and everybody else, man. And then thank you. Uh, thank you guys who are watching on the replay and everybody who uh, showed up, man. Yeah, we appreciate you guys, man. I love you guys. It really means the world to me that you guys are sitting up with us at 2 a.m. Central time talking some wrestling, man. So it, uh, yeah. It means more to me than you guys know, man. So with that, that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, man. Another great edition of Notorious Unscripted. Thank you guys again for staying up in the wee hours of the night with us, man. Always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And uh, Sir K. And that is going to do it for this edition 
of Notorious Unscripted. This has been episode 113. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys on Friday with the news. Peace.